episode 19, chapter 4 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. We're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Dr. Scott Rodin. Scott Rodin has a passion for helping Christian ministry leaders take a biblical approach to leadership development, strategic planning, board development, and raising kingdom resources. Over the past 30 years, he has worked with hundreds of organizations in the U.S., Canada, Middle East, Great Britain, China, India, the Philippines, and Australia. Dr. Rodin is president of The Steward's Journey and Kingdom Life Publishing. He also runs Rodin Consulting, Inc. He is a senior fellow of the Association of Biblical Higher Education and is past board chair of China Source. He holds a Master of Theology and Doctorate of Philosophy degrees in Systematic Theology from the University of Aberdeen, Scotland. He has also authored 14 books and blogs weekly at thestewardsjourney.com. A lot has been written about leadership in the last few years. There's always a new technique or method to being a great leader, and the focus is always on how to do the things that make you a great leader. In this chapter, Scott breaks down some of the ways that leadership techniques and methods today miss the heart of being a leader in the kingdom of God. It's not so much about doing the right things as it is being the right person. And in the kingdom of God, being the right person means focusing on your relationship with God. It means being his child before it means doing his work. Uh, so I just I want to comment real quick because you break down these different leadership, uh, like uh, secular leadership styles, and uh, I don't want to go into them real deep because I want to try to get the four transformations and four trajectories in here. Um, but I, I do think it's important and it's worth looking at because um, as somebody who's like really into the study of leadership now, I used to not be at all, and I actually I think your book sort of cracked it open for me a, a little bit more. Um, but I have seen like transactional leadership, especially when we start getting to the transformational leadership and servant leadership, those things look so appealing to us Christians. And there's a real danger to getting sucked into that and thinking, oh, well, look, I mean, it's servant leadership. And, and Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the best servant. And so clearly that's the style of leadership that we should uh, endeavor to be like uh, as Christians. And but it's still, even that servant leadership is still very much a, a, a doing focus because it, it's, well, and I like, you know, how you even say it. It's, it's the difference between that ship on the end of it, right? Stewardship or leadership. When you start breaking any of these things down by task, we sort of lose the identity piece of it. And so I think that's really important to, uh, to, uh, to distinguish because I'm sure you would not say, there's nothing wrong with being a servant. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, correct, absolutely. And um, the uh, you know this idea of born and made is sort of the classic you know question about about being a leader. And what we posit in the book is that in the kingdom of God, in the economy of the kingdom of God, biblical biblical effective leaders are neither born nor made; they are freed for the job. In other words, they have been set free from that two-kingdom mindset, and they're becoming more and more one-kingdom surrendered people. And as they're on that journey, God's 
uses them in leadership positions to do amazing things. So if you want to be an effective leader in the kingdom of God, it's not about how you were born. It's not about what, how, if you're made. It has to start in your heart. You have to be set free from the bondage of living in your two kingdoms. And you need to be surrendering yourself on that journey of becoming a one kingdom person. And then God can come along and use you in tremendous ways. And, you know, you brought up the ideas of, uh, of servant leadership and transformational leadership. And the, the only, the, certainly servant leadership has all kinds of, of good things to commend itself. My challenge with it is there's a difference between telling me here is a technique, here is a practice, here is a behavior that if you do these things, you will be a successful leader. So now I'm back to saying, I don't have to change. I just need to do some things differently. And if I can practice these tools and techniques, here's the 12, the list of 12 things to be an effective leader, go do those 12 things, you'll be an effective leader. No, you won't, I'm sorry. I tell people, it's like somebody saying to me, here's the, here's the 27 things that Tiger Woods does before he hits a golf ball. You do those 27 things and you'll golf just like Tiger Woods. And I say, no, I won't. I can do those things the rest of my life and I'll never do that. Um, we, keep, we keep putting traits and tools and to-do lists on top of people and telling them, here's, here's how you emulate successful leaders. And if you do that, you can be one. And, it, and that's, it just doesn't work. And we have a history of fallen leadership that tells us it doesn't work. Uh, so the question is, in servant leadership, is God calling me first to be totally surrendered as an absolute servant of his obediently following him no matter what he asked me to do, and then he takes that into my leadership position, that I can get behind. But that's not oftentimes what you hear in servant leadership. It can come across as, you want to get people to follow you? Well, act like a servant. Here's another tool. Do servant-looking things, have servant-like behaviors, and then out of that, people will come and follow you. And so, you know, I think there's a lot akin to servant and steward leadership, but I really do believe that to be a steward leader is such an inner transformation of every area of life. And I think it's got to start there. And then it moves into these other areas. So I think that's the important distinction. That's good. That's very important, too, because I used to always say we should really in the church flip it around and say, because uh, stu- servant just sort of modifies leader, and we're still focused on leader, and we should probably change that around to being like leader servanthood or something like that. It, you need to be the lead servant, but not the... Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. let's look a little bit uh, real quickly at the four transformations and four trajectories. We, we sort of hinted at them. We, we talked about them where stewards are um, we're stewards of relationships with uh, our creator, with ourselves, uh, with our neighbor, and with creation. Um, Zero in, though, what are we looking for as far as that transformation goes when we're looking at relationship with our creator? Well, in each one of these, as you know, Chris, I, I offer a, a gift and a temptation. Because anytime you want to go down this road, the enemy is going to come against it. He hates this with a passion. He loves it when we're owners. He hates it when we're stewards. And so we have to be ready for it. So in the first area, you know, the, the gift that God gives us is the gift of intimacy. I mean, it really is an amazing thing to think that the God of the universe calls us into a deep, personal, intimate, almost father-child relationship with him. And it's an amazing gift that God gave us. Uh, and the, the, uh, the temptation is this idea of stagnancy. And stagnancy comes um, from all the other distractions in the world that keep us 
from having that intimate relationship with him. It's a quiet time thing we talked about. It's, uh, it's legalism, Josh, as you talked about earlier. It's all the things that can get in our way that keep us from just finding him in that deep personal relationship. So the transformation here is to understand that our relationship with God is a gift. It's not something that we own. It's not something we control. That um, it costs you know, God the, the blood of his son to, to buy this and win this for us. And he gives us this relationship and he says, be a steward. Now, I honestly, before I did this study, I never considered my relationship with God as an opportunity to live as a steward. But that really is what it is. Um, he says, here it is. I've bridged the gap. I've come to you. I've called you to myself. Uh, you are mine. You're my child. Now, steward, take care of. This is a precious thing that you have. Uh, I want to be intimate in my relationship with you. You know, steward this relationship. And so that's that mindset that, that, that says it's not mine. Even the idea of a, a get back to our quiet time conversation is sort of you know, everybody talking my quiet time. I've got to find my time so I can be with God. Uh, all time belongs to God. So how do we steward that? And that's really that's really where the transformation begins, is when I begin to say, Lord, this is yours. Help me to be a steward of this incredible relationship that I have with you in Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, in guiding and challenging us and all the rest of that. And then when we do, now we look at the, the way we lead, if you want to go to the trajectories. So now I walk into my organization, and I'm realizing that the only way that I can actually be the leader this organization needs is if I have and maintain this deep personal relationship with, with Christ, and I'm in it every day, and I'm hearing him, and I'm being guided by him. Well, if that's the case, then I look at the people that work for me, and why isn't it true for them as well? Well, it is. And they're all struggling with the same thing I'm struggling with. So if I'm going to be a steward leader, I better have a high level of concern for the level of intimacy that my people have with Christ. And it better be part of my leadership management responsibilities. And suddenly now I'm asking different questions. I'm having different relationships. I'm having different conversations with the people around me. We may use our time in, as a team differently because I know that I now get a chance to steward these people and help them be set free in their relationship with God to overcome stagnancy in their life or whatever. And that's, that's, what, that's how you translate it from personal to leadership role. Um, and there's all kinds of practical ways we can, we can talk all kinds of things we, that leaders have done to try to do this. But I've had so many leaders tell me they never one time, and these, I'm, I'm going to talk here, even pastors, they never one time really thought about their responsibility to be stewards of their people and their people's relationship with Christ. And how do I, how do, I do that? And now that opens up a different way of leading than I would maybe normally would. Yeah, we. It, it's sort of like a uh, a triangle that's missing uh, one of its side, where it's like it's God to us and then us to people, right? And, and and it's like, oh, well, we're supposed to be the medium between God and the people, even though we will def we would never say that, right? We, we're right, always trying right, to connect right. people to God, but we do it the 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 way we do it demonstrates that lack of understanding, and so I love that. I mean, it's just a simple well, mindset shift. But it does. It totally changes the way that you look at people just to look at them as, oh, they have a relationship with God as well. How can I help them become stewards of their relationship and, and foster That's their it. relationship with God? That's it. Isn't that a great prayer for a leader every morning? Lord, use me that all my people today somehow in the way that I lead them might be closer to you. Oh, I think, I, honestly, I think that's worth the price of admission to this podcast. If we could really <laughs> just grasp that, 
that would do enough to change our hearts that I believe all of these other things would come eventually. <laughs> but yeah, luckily agreed. we can keep going with that. So <laughs> honestly, though, I think that was the thought That's that changed my whole entire mindset about this leadership thing, because I, I sort of had a bad taste in it in my mouth when I was in seminary. I was like, oh, who needs the leadership stuff? Just give me some more Bible and theology and and that's where God lives, so that's where I want to live. As I've gotten into the real world, though, I've, re- I've recognized, wow, no, we have a huge desert of leadership going on in the world. Even though we talk about it all the time, I think it's more needed than ever before. However, it's not just the techniques. It's not just the do this, smile here, give the, you know, the pose, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's not the show. If we take that mindset to heart, man, that is... Like that's the leadership I pray that I can find and 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 live under as well. Like I want to be under a leader who cares that much about my relationship to God, not just how much I produce. And so I hope and and I hope our listeners can take this away. Like be that kind of leader, because uh, like that would pull toward that will pull people towards you more than than anything else and increase that effectiveness that you're looking for. But it will flow from Amen. a place of the heart. So. And people can Amen. people can feel when they're being techniqued. Yeah, they they see oh, yeah. right through that, and so they've they've seen all of those leadership techniques in a lot of different places from a lot of uh, disingenuous leaders. <laughs> and they don't last. <laughs> no, they don't. They tend to just yeah. be like little spurts or like a meeting or two. You'll be like, okay, we're gonna do this and kick it into high gear, and then it's just meow. Yep. What are you focused on? Have you gotten caught up? as so many of us do, with the techniques and checklists of what you must do? Or is your work the natural outflow of God's work in your life? I hope it's the latter, but it's all too easy to slip back into the technique-focused ways of the owner-leader. So today, I would like to challenge you to create a focus document. Simply take 10 or 15 minutes to journal about what you would like your life as a steward of God's kingdom to look like. You can review and revise this document each day to help you develop a keen sense of where your focus should be as a steward and as a disciple of Christ. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Scott Rodin and his work, check out thestewardsjourney.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Scott lays out the primary job of the steward leader. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, 
go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.